Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. It's not a show or a free-for-all. Do you understand? There's reverence and protocol in the house of God, and that is what brings the anointing. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're opening our Bibles to the gospel according to Mark. We're opening to Mark chapter 1. Hallelujah. And today, for a few moments, I'm going to speak to you about the anointing that was upon Jesus to cast out devils. We're looking at Mark chapter 1, and this is the time that God is bringing this. Some of us are wondering what is happening. We are looking at Mark chapter 1, beginning, beloved saints, in verse 12. But I want to, first of all, before I go over Mark chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, let me explain. The Bible says he sent forth his word, and he healed them, and he delivered them from all their destructions. Beloved, we are living in the time that Timothy told us about. Paul told us in the epistle to Timothy that the time will come when we will not endure sound doctrine. But they will turn the truth of God into fables. Having itching ears to hear. Beloved saints, the time has come because what has happened, beloved, is that so much of our time is spent on social media. So much of our importance is through social media that it has actually taken the place of devotion. This is why, beloved, it is so crucial for us when we bring our Bibles to church. Yes, we use our devices. Yes, we use our devices. That is wonderful. And bringing your devices to church is wonderful too. As long as you keep your Bible because you cannot get a word What's the daily scripture? That is not how we get a word. We get a word from a relationship. From these pages. I come from an era, beloved. 
being baptized in the Spirit of God over 50 years. I've seen three generations. Do you understand? I was there at the age of Mr. Smith. I was there in the days of the Gentiles. I'm not saying that anybody thinks they know better. I'm telling you from experience. This is not a novice speaking to you. We've been in the presence of God. We've seen it. And now we we stand with our utmost prayer that this generation will know what you want for them to know. On the page of this Bible, we come from the times when Brother Andrew smuggled Bibles behind the Iron Curtain. And Christians in the former Soviet Union would have only one copy of the Bible. And because they had a Bible, they were willing to go to prison for many years. We, I come from an age when in China there were no Bibles. A time when the communists took away all the Bibles and believers would be held to their decision not to obtain the Bible. Love your Bible. Cherish it. It's the word of God. Use it as a weapon of war. Pray over it. And open it, and the angels will use their wings to turn the pages of that Bible to the very word that God wants to speak to you for your very suffering, for your very confusion. The angels assist you when you read the Bible. That's their ministry, is to minister unto the heirs of salvation. But do you know what they assist us in greatly? They assist us in uh, finding scriptures. Do you realize? Let me go. Now I understand why God gave me this before we go to today. And God could change the whole message. I, this is the Lord. We don't, we're not bound to anything of man. Go with me to Daniel chapter 10. This is the mission of the angels of God to be assigned to you. So many say, well, I would love the angels to minister to me. Oh, beloved, they're already assigned to you. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible says, are they not all ministering spirits sent to them who are the heirs of salvation. But here's how they assist you. In the book of Daniel, we have Daniel after being in prayer, and he was on a 21-day fast. Many of us in this ministry have been on a 21-day consecration for the 21 days of Messianic miracles. We consecrate. For some, that's a Daniel fast. For others, that's a, a, a fast, a 
just one meal a day, fast or maybe every three days, breaking that fast and having a meal. I do not know what method you have used. You have asked God's people to go on this 21-day fast. I know for sure the healing team that is among you has put in major consecration for the healings to take place today. I know for sure they have separated themselves and consecrated unto God with prayer and fasting for your breakthrough. I know this because they sent their commitment statement that they were going to pray that every person who walks in this doors is going to get a miracle and a breakthrough. And they put their they put their sacrifice where their word was. They turned their plate over. Hello. And so Daniel was on a fast for 21 days. And there is something about prayer and fasting that opens the heavens and releases the angels of God. I will show you this. But the Bible says here in Daniel chapter 10, I ate no pleasant bread, verse 3, neither did any flesh nor wine come in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself till three full weeks were fulfilled. And the angel was released. And this is what the angel said. The angel said in verse 12, Fear not, Daniel, from the first day you set your heart to understand and chasten yourself before God. Your words were heard, and I am come for your words. Do you realize the moment Daniel started a consecration, heaven opened and heaven released an angel to come to him. But guess what? It didn't arrive till 21 days later. And no, there wasn't a traffic jam in the heavens. There was a blood of blood from a demonic power that was blocking the path until the 21st day. Turn to your neighbor and say, press it through to the end. Get rid of that demon. Come on, press it through to the end and bring down those principalities and powers. Come on, bring down those principalities and powers. Hallelujah. From the moment, from the first day, that you set your heart to seek the Lord. The commandment came forth, the angel said. The commandment from who? From God. The commandment came forth. This is what he said. And I, hallelujah, and thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Now watch this. This is what the angel does. The angel says, I'm going to use the last line of Daniel 10, 21. I will show you that which is noted in Scripture, the Scripture of truth. Say this with me. The angel will show me what's in the Word. Say it again. The angel will show me what is in the Word. I will show 
which is noted in the scripture of truth. And there is none that holdeth with me in these things, but Michael, your prince. The portion I want to emphasize to you is that the angel was sent to show him what was noted in the scripture of truth. In other words, God had a word for him in the word. I said God had a word for him in the word. How can you get a word when all you have is a device? The device is used for research. The device is to be used for every type of research. Do you realize what's at our fingertips? Do you realize you can access Dead Sea Scrolls? Do you realize you can access PDFs from major universities? Do you realize you can access every type of scholarly material on the Bible? Do you realize that? Just at the drop of a fingertip, what are we doing? Wasting the brain that God gave us on nonsense. When we can be growing in God, he has given us these things. Are you hearing me? But we must understand, the angels have been assigned to you when you open your Bible. This is why you need to pray over your Bible. You take it and you say, dear Jesus, I need a word. Dear Jesus, will Will I get that job I'm asking you for? Or is there another? Is this the place you want me to work? Or is there another place you want me to work? Jesus said to send me to Galilee to help you. You don't talk to angels. Don't you dare think you're talking to a man. Because that is demonic. You talk only to the Holy Spirit. You don't need to see an angel for his activity. He's right there. He's assigned to you. He's assigned to you to read. This is when he really gets excited. He gets to do what he was sent to do. Can you imagine how frustrated some of our angels are? They're assigned to give you revelation. They're assigned to help you find your answers. They're assigned to teach you. Not, They're not going to talk to you, teach you. Don't you dare. Don't you dare start talking to angels. Because they're not talking to angels. They'll be talking to demons. They're talking to you. They're these. They're assigned the pages this job. Tell me, Lord, is this the job you have for me? Praying in tongues, and you've got a few minutes from the angels to open this word. You come, and the Bible says they went to the marketplace, and they were blessed. Hmm, is that a word? They start getting pieces of the puzzle, and write it down. 
and easy streaming. Plus, even more direct connection. Are you with me, saints? And that will only happen if you really want to be submitted to the will of God. If you're just playing around and you just want to use the Bible like a fortune telling, that won't happen. But if you're really serious about knowing the will of God, it will happen because the angels have been assigned, as it says in the book of Daniel, in the 10th chapter and the 21st verse, I will show you that which is noted in the scripture of truth. Hello, are you with me? Let's look at another place. Would you like to see what the angels are doing? Can you keep them busy this week? Put your hands up and say, Lord, I would love to keep my angels busy this week. Put them on assignment to put my Bible in front of me when you have a word for me. Help them guide my path, please, Lord. I feel like I'm stumbling and I need help. Send the angels to help me, Jesus. But most of all, let them guide me, precious Jesus, to have skill and understanding, to understand the word of God. Are you with me? This is very provocative. I never teach like this. But it's time that the angels are being released. And I've got to tell you what the next move of God is. The next move of God is an angelic move. I am telling you before God, it is going to be an angelic move. But it cannot be an angelic move if we are geared toward new age. If we're not grounded in the word, we're going to miss it. If we do not know the Bible and all we want is sensationalism, we're going to miss the stream wherever it is. They don't just only protect us. They assist us in the word. Daniel chapter 8. Oh, precious Jesus, we give you glory and we give you praise. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 8. And we are looking at the encounter that Daniel had. He had many encounters because he went through the lion's den. Hallelujah. When you come out of the lion's den, child, get ready for revelation. Hello? Say it with me, Emma. And he didn't get carried away with the vision. He was trustworthy. This is what the Bible says. In Daniel chapter before we go to Daniel chapter, we're going to see in Daniel chapter 8. The Bible says in Daniel 7 verse 19, then I would know the truth of the fourth beast. 
he was given visions of four beasts. And he's praying that he will have revelation on the fourth beast because it was more diverse than the others. Notice how he prayed. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast. How many times would you like to know a deeper truth on something God already showed you? You know, the Lord is full of surprises that may not be the way you think it is. It may be much deeper than what you think it is. Going with me so you can understand how God sends angels to anoint the word. The Bible says, beloved saints, hallelujah. Look at Daniel 9 and look at verse 23. Again, an angel is released through prayer. Verse 22 says, he informed me and talked with me and said, oh, Daniel, now am I come forth to give you skill and understanding. That means just by reading the word of God, going to the scripture, the angel will use its wings from God's word, we never talk to angels, never, because they're not angels. Somebody says, oh, uh, my grandchild was talking to her garden angel, and the garden angel's name was this. You better not teach your children to speak to spirits. But the angels are there. They're working. And they're moving. And their mission is to lead you into the word. Their mission is to train you in the word. You don't even know they have ways of training that we cannot see. The Bible says that the angel came to give skill and understanding. So when you're reading it, a revelation will come to you. And the Holy Spirit within you will quicken that revelation. You will know by the witness of the Spirit within you what verse it is that God is witnessing to you that he will bring to pass. Are you hearing this? Go with me to Mark's Gospel. And we are going, beloved saints, to Mark's Gospel in the first chapter. Mark chapter 1. Beloved saints, the gospel according to Mark is one of the most powerful gospels. And in Mark chapter 1, there is a very specific genre. And I want to teach you something. I want to teach you how to interpret the word of God. The word of God is interpreted in two ways. Sometimes we read a gospel and we interpret it through chronicles. That means we just watch the events and we're just chronicling the events in the gospel that we're reading. But there is a more powerful way than just chronicling what you need. How many of you would like to know what the author really intended when there are texts 
the author's intent. How many of you would like to know the author's intent? Do you know why? Because the author's intent leads you to the prophetic agenda. Every author has a prophetic agenda. Now, I didn't learn this on my own. I learned this procedure. I won't say the name of the rabbi, but I learned it. He is one of the most astute, sought-after Torah scholars in the entire world. And he is an expert in biblical hermeneutics. And this rabbi, anybody can listen to him. You can download the teachings. Incredible. This incredible rabbi teaches that you do not just interpret scripture only by chronicle. You have to look for composition. Composition versus chronicle. You know what that means? That means I need to look at it. Is there a methodology here? And I want you to see that in Mark's gospel, we have a repetition. We have a repetition that is very thematic. Do you know that in chapter 1, there are only uh, 39 verses? And in 39 verses, five different times, on five different occasions in chapter 1, Jesus is dealing with demonic spirits, not the same place. Five different occasions. I said five different occasions in Mark chapter 1, verse 39, Jesus is dealing with demonic spirits. Did you hear what I said? When you are looking for repetition and you are looking for composition, then you realize that the prophetic agenda, this prophetic agenda that's here in the word of God, is that Mark's objective is to show us what the ministry of Jesus is all about. But I want you to see something. Mark is going to show us something that the other gospel writers do not show us. I want you to understand that every single gospel, every single gospel, beloved saints, begins, except John, begins the gospel with the temptation. The ministry of Jesus begins first with the baptism of Jesus, which is his inauguration into ministry. And then immediately we find in Matthew's gospel, he's driven by the spirit into the wilderness. In Mark's gospel, he is driven by the spirit into the wilderness. And in Luke's gospel, he is driven by the spirit into the wilderness. Are you hearing this, saints? And therefore, we must understand the spiritual significance of Jesus in the wilderness. Because Mark is going to show us that after the wilderness experience is when all of the demonic powers are subject to Jesus. Are you hearing this? This is why there is constant repetition, five different occasions. Let me give you the, the, the scriptural references. In Mark chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, and I will explain that in a moment. This is the first reference of Jesus facing demonic principalities and powers. In Mark chapter 1, verse 23 and 24, the synagogue with a man with an unclean spirit. In Mark chapter 1, verse 32, the Bible tells us that Jesus, hallelujah, 
at evening they brought to him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. In Mark chapter 1, verse 34, the Bible says, And he healed all that were sick of divers diseases and cast out devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Are you hearing this? And the last verse, verse 39, he preached in their synagogue throughout all Galilee. And what did he do? He cast out devils. Are you hearing this? All right. So the question arises, I want you to understand, why is the temptation in the wilderness with the key component to the victory that Jesus is now going to walk into through the casting out of devils. Are you hearing me today, saints? How many of you would like to know what is the spiritual significance of the temptation in the wilderness? Would you like to know that? Did you know there's a reason for it? Did you know that there's a purpose behind it? It is the preface of his ministry. It is what he, he after, if he does not go into the wilderness, he is not going to have the ministry he has. He must go into the wilderness to accomplish what he was sent on this earth to do. Are you hearing this? Let us look at Mark's short version. Mark chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Mark chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. The Bible says, and immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days tempted of Satan. And he was what? Say it. He was what? With the wild so the first question arises, what are the wild beasts? Wouldn't you ask that question? If you were studying scripture, don't you want to know what the wild beasts are? Okay, first of all, in the Greek language, the word for animals is zoon, where we get our English word zoo. And guess what? Zoon is not used here. I said zoon is not used here. In other words, this is a word, beloved saints, that we need to understand that is called serion. Can you say that with me? Serion. Wild beast. Say it. Okay, so now, if I want to really know what do wild beast mean, and what about serion, I'm going to have to look up the word in the Greek. And don't worry, you can just push your little button on your device and look at it up. You don't have to go to seminary to look it up. It's right at your fingertips. You don't have to drive to L.A. like I used to have to drive and go to Fairfax. You don't have to do that. You don't have to wait till the book comes in. You've got it at your fingertips. Hello, I said you've got it at your fingertips. The word serion, wild beast, has two references in the scriptures that apply to what you might call a wild beast. And the remainder of 
them, which I will read to you, are associated with demonic creatures. Only two. The first one that is that is of our very important that we would know is found in Hebrews 12.2. This is the only one that tells us an animal or wild beast. Actually, this has to do in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, an offering on an altar. The second use of the word carry-on is found in Acts chapter 28, verse 4. When a viper came out of the fire and fastened itself to the arm of Paul. And it, it put its fangs in Paul. And venom came into Paul. And they expected Paul to drop dead. But he didn't. Those are the to only two instances out of multiple instances that refer to anything of this earth. The rest, let me give you the references. The rest of the time, Sarion is used in the New Testament. Revelation 13.1, Sarion is a beast. In Revelation 13.3, Sarion is a beast. In Revelation 13.4, Sarion is a beast, a demonic creature. I said a demonic creature. In Revelation 13, verse 11, verse 12, verse 14, verse 15, verse 17. All of those instances, Sarion is a demonic creature. I'm going somewhere with this. Are you hearing me? Jesus was with the demonic creatures. Are you hearing that? In Acts chapter 14, verse 9. He was with the demonic creatures. In Acts 15, or excuse me, in uh, Revelation 15, verse 2, Sarion is demonic creatures. In Revelation 16, 10, Sarion is a demonic creature. In 17, Revelation 17, 3, Sarion is a demonic beast. In uh, Revelation 17, verse 8, verse 11, verse 13, and verse 17, Sarion is re referred to as a demonic beast. Are you hearing that? Notice, in Revelation 19, verse 20, it's referred to as a demonic beast. In Revelation 19, 19, it's referred to as a demonic beast. In Revelation 20, verse 4, it is referred to as a demonic beast. And in Revelation 20, verse 10, it is referred to as a demonic beast. So when the Bible says that Jesus was with the wild beast, he was not with the animals. Someone needs to understand what I'm preaching here today. I showed you scripture upon scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept, so that there is no room for anybody to say this is the doctrine according to Dr. Correll. It's the doctrine according to the New Testament. Hello, are you hearing me? This is not set to tickle ears. This is set to feed you. Now let me tell you, just a little heads up. Just a little heads up. strikes 
that has happened over the past 25 years. Just a short span of time. Come and study, don't they? Everybody repented and ran away. Then there were other studies. The huge study, right, of 2020. With the pandemic. And everyone went into a state of spiritual, what you might call spiritual, I don't want to say slumber, but because they were out of fellowship and because our lives were being changed, we adopted different lifestyles, exactly what the powers of darkness want. So that's it. At the time, next strike, we're going to be so dull of hearing that those who were at one time on strong meat now have need of milk again. Let me read it to you from the scripture. This is not my gospel. This is the word of God. The Bible says, beloved saints, in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5. I'll just quote it to you. Hebrews 5, unless they put it up. Because I want to do this quickly. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13, For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Do you want to stay on pablum or do you want to go on meat? Because if you're on pablum, you're going to be unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. Oh, but somebody said, I've known the Lord for 30 years. But child, you never got out of the basic doctrines of the faith. You just stayed there forever. Baptisms, 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 baptisms. And never graduated to the deep things of God. Are you hearing me? But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. Notice what verse, beloved saints, what verse 12 says. Look at verse 12. For at the time that you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again. That's why, child of God, don't you dare get out of the word of God. Don't you dare do it. Because if you do, the Bible says, for at the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and have need as such as milk and not of meat. Did you know a Christian that was at one time feeding their spirit on revelation can actually no longer be able to handle revelation. Revelation is hard for them because they haven't been in the Word for a year or for six months or three months or two months. So 
capacity that we once heard it. We don't have the capability anymore. We've become dull of hearing. And now the only way to get us to the place we're supposed to is by milk. Bird feed. Take it and go. Are you hearing? I'm only saying this, beloved, because we need to understand what is behind. What is ahead you will not be able to withstand if you are not in position. What is ahead you will not be able to endure if you are not in position. This is why I I want to finish this remark. It's so important. I want you to see, go back to Mark chapter 1, and we look. He was there with the wild beasts, and the Bible says the angels ministered unto him. So what exactly happened? I want you to see, beloved saints, first of all, the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 1, if we go back to Mark chapter 1, and we look at verse Look at verse 13. Verse 13 tells us that he was, if we go back, he was tempted of Satan. This word tempted is a word that is very important because it it is a way to test one's resistance, beloved saints, to be able to test. The, The word in Greek is periazo. Periazo means to scrutinize. It also means to entice. It also means to tempt. And it also means to test. And the word that is used here is periazominos. And periazominos means to try to see whether the thing may be done or not. It also means to solicit to sin. And it also means that one's virtue or character is tested by the enticement of sin. Jesus did not sin. He was tested in all points as we, yet without sin. But do you know what happened in that temptation? I want you to understand what happened in that temptation. And we thank you, Brother Tony, for helping Come on, let's pray right now. We thank you because there's a word coming on. There is a word in the spirit that is coming on right now. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. 
We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.